Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag college football. This is a defining moment for the Iowa Hawkeye football program. Over the past 24 hours, I've seen some difficult and heartbreaking posts on social media. I appreciate the former players' candor and have been reaching out to many of them individually and will continue to do so moving forward to learn more about their experiences in our program. I'm planning on talking to many more of them in the coming days. This is a process. It's going to take some time, but change again starts by listening first. That's part of Kirk Ferentz's statement right there about Chris Doyle, his uh, strength and conditioning coach. Racial issues right now in the Iowa football program, the University of Utah football program. Friday, the University of Utah announced that they have suspended defensive coordinator Morgan Scally and launched an internal investigation concerning a 2013 text message he sent that included a racial slur. Scally issued a statement released by the school. In 2013, I made a terrible mistake. I used a racial slur in a text message. This language is offensive and hurtful to not only the African-American community, but to all. Immediately after sending it, I apologize to the recipient and his family. I'm also heartbroken over the potential breach of trust with my fellow coaches and with the young men in our program, both past and present. PK, they've launched an investigation into this. I think there are a lot of people to talk to if they're going to bring him back. They haven't let him go yet. It's a suspension. There's a lot of people that we talked about this last night. Players past and present, but not just players, staffers, and not just the assistant coaches, as you pointed out, have scattered to other schools because over 15 years that's what happens in college football, but also support staff. There's a lot of people to talk to, and they can't be surprised at the end of this investigation. Yeah, you did bring that up to uh, television last night. We discussed that, and the more I thought about it through the night and then this morning, I thought, yeah, you're absolutely right, and I was writing up a piece that we'll submit later in the week on that yesterday. I was thinking, absolutely. Uh, I don't know Mark Harlan that well, uh, but I'm getting to know him. But I know some people who know him. And he's had some people here in the, in the athletic department who've quit on him and or left the department, not quit on him, but they've left the department. And then word gets out and, and some things. But uh, so there's something, some things there that's maybe new. Not, I mean, it's not new. People leave when others take over. Uh, but, you know, they've said some stuff. And then other people from down in Tucson. So my point that I'm kind of rambling right now, but my point is that I have a level of trust in him and this investigation that they'll be able to complete it in a fair and just manner. And your point to where it's taking, it should take time, is absolutely correct. It does. This is a serious, serious issue. There's no need to just get something out there real quick. It's not fair to anybody involved. You go to a practice, and besides the 100 or so players, you know, there's what? 25, 35, 40 other people out there that are part of the program from, tr- from trainers to equipment staff to just uh, Jeff, somebody like Jeff Rudy, who's basically one, uh, Kyle's uh, personal assistant. So I, I, I don't even know what his title is. I just know he's been around forever and he can be trusted too. So all these people need to be uh, hit upon, not every single one of them, but representatives from all those folks need to be out there because there's some troubling statements from former players who have put this put themselves out there on social media and those things need to be investigated too 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like they. you're right that they need to talk to people that represent all these different groups. But I feel like they really need, if they're going to keep him, they need to talk to everybody. I mean, I think if you hear enough stories and you want to let him go, you can let him go. You don't need to talk to everyone. But if you're going to keep him, and I think there is at least some thought, and I can't say how strong that thought is, but there's some thought that they want to, because otherwise we would have let him go right away. That then that you you literally have to talk to everybody because you can't keep them and then have someone come forward and say, well, he said this, he texted this, he emailed this. Uh, you you just got to start tracking people down and you got everybody's story matters. If there's one thing we've been told in the last week, as whether it's somebody local or somebody national, I mean, we had Guy Holiday on, right? Who's the receivers coach at Utah. And we both saw the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar interview. He was doing interviews and was on uh, ESPN. And it was that people, especially white people, but all people, especially white people, have to listen. And this is a great example of where people have to listen because everybody's story matters. How everybody is treated matters. So I think it's going to take a while. I I think it's an enormous process. Um, They've hired an outside group to do it. I don't know how big the group is. If you had one investigator doing it, you wouldn't get done before the football season. You know, so they're going to need multiple people doing it, and it's going to be a big project, but I just don't see any other way around it. Okay. All right. Uh, Clemson wide receiver Justin Ross, we told you about him last year. He is supposed to be all that in a bag of chips, highly rated. I mean, it, the draft's still a ways away, so guys move up and down. It's hard to see right now guys one or two or whatever, but he's in the top group of three, four, five receivers. Uh, he underwent surgery for congenital fusion on his spine Friday. He said the procedure went great on social media, indicated he's looking forward to getting back to playing football. And, I mean, knee injuries and Achilles injuries are really bad, but, man, spine and head injuries top the list. So we'll see what happens there. But he is a big-time NFL prospect. A lot of teams are looking at him. We'll see how that goes. So would you say Southwest Doritos, Ruffles, traditional Lay's, Oh, I like, the, I like the traditional Lay's, and, uh, and I'm a big Doritos guy, too. Yeah. Doritos, the nacho cheese thing, yeah, that works for me. You got to lay off those. Those are uh, empty calories, but they're good. And always, as always, PK, dip the guacamole with the Fritos. That's top shelf right there. So we've graduated from trips to Fritos now. Okay. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. That's Roger Goodell right there. Message to NFL players. That was also released Friday after our show. Uh, This is a big change in the NFL message, obviously, from Colin Kaepernick going forward. Uh, Washington running back Adrian Peterson says, without a doubt, that's his quote, those three words, without a doubt, he'll be taking a knee during the national anthem to protest racial injustice. He expects to be joined by several NFL players. He made his comments to the Houston Chronicle on Friday. And we haven't heard from owners, but Goodell is the commissioner. He is hired by the owners and speaks for them. I can't believe he just did this solo. I would think there would have been a lot of conversations before he did this, PK. This is a this is a change for the NFL. Is it systematic or systemic? Because which one? I've heard them both. I think it can be both. 
but I don't know for sure. You're gonna need a you're gonna need a dictionary. It's got the numbers there. It ranks them. <laughs> First pronunciation, second. A, a dictionary? What what is that you speak of? A dictionary? Google it. You'll find it. <laughs> I mean, you go could ahead, go kneel. old school. Go ahead, have them kneel. I mean, it obviously didn't do a whole lot the first time around. I'm not sure it's going to do much this time. Maybe it will. But if they, if the league decides you can protest on the job, do it. And I would also say, uh, as soon as I saw this, I wondered, is Colin Kaepernick going to get a job? Isn't he still good enough to be a backup? Somebody want a veteran backup insurance policy out there? I mean, uh, he didn't he... mention Colin Kaepernick, but what else could he be saying? Now, the fact he didn't mention it, you know, maybe that's a sign that they're not going to move on him. But how do you say this and not move on him? Because that's what you were mad at him for. Well, but does he want it? Because I've heard some people say, does he really want it? He's, he's moved to another uh, realm in terms of being a social activist. Does he want to be a backup? Does he want to be on a roster... At all, at any cost, at all costs. I thought he did, but I can't guarantee that. I haven't heard him ask that in an interview. Maybe there's a clip out there and somebody can send it to us. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Snoop hit me the other day, too, talking about it, because I had talked to a few guys, not to mention no names, and he said he had, he had talked to a couple guys from the Lakers and the Clippers, and, you know, there's some whispers about you know, some teams not being comfortable. Some guys want to play. Some guys don't want to play. That's Matt Barnes right there talking about NBA players who want to go to Orlando and those who don't. The NBA is working on mechanisms that will be used to replace players in the event of a positive coronavirus test or serious injuries in the Orlando bubble environment. You know, most of the stories I've seen, PK, have been about baseball players who are, who are at risk. Uh, diabetics, kidney issues, whatever it is. Um, haven't heard that much about NBA players. Maybe that's it, or maybe it's healthy guys who have concerns for other reasons. We haven't really heard much about this. I was under, I was in the impression impression that there was going to be pretty close to 100% turnout, and maybe there still will be. Maybe, the, maybe people will whisper, but then go ahead and go. Well, I think we have to go back to Snoop. I mean, Matt Barnes, a retired player, Snoop hit him up. Snoop let him know this is what I'm hearing. So you got Matt Barnes, whose opinion is very important, and you got Snoops, who's, I mean, I live and die by what Snoop has to say. Now, I, I don't know, is Snoop, is that Tyler Hundley or is that Calvin Broadus? Pretty Which sure. Snoop is it? I mean, Pretty I don't sure. know. Pretty sure that's Calvin Broadus. <laughs> don't know that Tyler is moving in those circles. <laughs> Why not? Yet. Hmm. <laughs> College quarterback, young guy on the way. Makes it in the NFL, then, then maybe, you know. I don't know. Snoop didn't make it in the NFL. You're right, but he made it in music, so. Then he made it to the USC sideline. Oh, Matt Barnes, Snoop hit him up. Well, man, you if Snoop hit you up, whatever you're doing, you got to stop. Snoop just hit that, you up. I mean, come on. Hey, how about that at ESPN.com or any of the other websites? Source, colon, Snoop, comma. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Barnes quoting Snoop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Both sides want there to be baseball. The question is whether or not they can reach a deal in time 
because the clock is running, at which point the postseason, which is really where everybody should keep their eye on, that's where the clubs desperately want there to be a postseason, uh, even more so than they do a regular season, whereas the players probably want the postseason and the regular season with equal fervor. That's Gene Orza. He used to be the general counsel for the Major League Baseball Players Association. Well, if they both want games, let's get on with already. Need a third party to get in there and help you negotiate because you can't sit across the table and look at each other because you loathe each other so badly? And you put them in different rooms and then somebody runs back and forth. Hey, what if we can talk him into this? Got a backdoor deal somehow. Well, if it were up to me, I would call Snoop. Whatever works. Play ball! <laughs> Oakland Athletics have reversed course on their decision to cease payments for their minor leaguers. The A's owner, John Fisher, said Friday he made a mistake. Pay the organization's minor leaguers their $400 a week stipend. For the remainder of what would have been a typical minor league season, players also will be retroactively paid for any payments that were missed. Friday News Dump. Dump all the bad news on Friday. From uh, the NFL to the uh, U with the uh, Morgan Scally News to Major League Baseball owner, uh, the Oakland Athletics, John Fisher. If you're going to admit a mistake, might as well do it on Friday. Get their 400 bucks back. They're going to be rich. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Steve Rowe. Excuse me, Steve Rowe. Steve I just Rowe. combined. Huh? Steve <laughs> Cleveland and Eric Rowe. Huh? Uh, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider at 8 o'clock. <laughs> Eric Rowe. Steve Rowe and Eric Cleveland. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider at 8 o'clock. Eric Rowe, former Utah and current Miami Dolphins cornerback, is going to join us at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Howard Beck with us. We're going to be wall-to-wall NBA basketball basically for the next year and a half. Yeah, that December 1st start date for next season is tentative. It is a goal. It is not final, and it already is sounding like there's some pushback from the union potentially, but I can see what the NBA is trying to do there. After all that's happened, after squeezing in these games, after the delay and everything else, if you can get next season started as soon as December 1st, that's really only about five, six weeks behind what some recent seasons have started, and you could see a path to getting back on track by playing with the schedule a bit so that you're not having a permanent schedule shift. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical Services will light up your day. Question of the day up at Facebook. You've had a big chunk of the weekend to uh, work on this. Uh, the Morgan Scally news break in Friday. And, of course, a lot of people know Morgan because he played his high school ball at Highland, played at the U, and then went into coaching. So he's got a lot of ties in the community. could be different with another coach. We often see coaches move in every, well, it's going to say every two or three years, but some coaches uh, are out of job for one year and move and don't put down the roots in the community. But a lot more people know Morgan. So what should be done here? What do you think? And uh, as you might expect, PK, the answers are all over the board. Uh, Jason, it's not looking good for him. 
If there are at least two people stating he said racially inappropriate things, he needs to go. Uh, I think you can find four or five on social media. Uh, But Patrick responded, because anyone says something they apologized for a decade ago needs to lose their jobs, dumbest take ever. And there are plenty of those takes that it was 2013 and he apologized. And uh, the expression cancel culture gets brought up. Don't need cancel culture. uh, Let it go. And just as I said last night on TV, I don't think it's up to you and I. We don't get to decide that. I think the ex-players are going to get to decide that. Maybe some of the current players, but largely the ex-players. Uh, well, it depends on uh, how you view that. I mean, it's not a simple answer, and I don't, I'm not, it's not a pun here in saying that, you know, it's not a black and white issue. That's more of an expression, obviously. It had and has some racial overtones, but that's not the way I mean it at all, in the least degree. But there's a lot of layers involved in this. You know, if you just go, if the ex-players get to decide, you know, Raylan Singleton put out a statement on Twitter I don't know who is behind the Twitter page trying to kill this man's credibility. I don't get down like that. We all make mistakes, but Scally showed me nothing but love while I was in Utah along with the rest of the coaching staff, and I'm forever grateful for that. You know, and that's the word, is that here was the deal. It was intended for another coach and uh, as an exchange between the two, and it was instead inadvertently sent to Singleton. And... Singleton went and played at Utah for four years. He redshirted, I think, his first year. And then uh, he was a grad. He graduated from the university. That's, I mean, ultimately, that's the best Kyle Whittingham has said a thousand times. That's the purpose. So he took care of that. And then he's from the Houston area, and he went down there to Houston, I think, his last year. You know, I looked on his Facebook. I looked on his mother's Facebook. Their their friends, what are the, I don't do Facebook outside of work, uh, I don't want to be contacted by somebody, nor do I care what somebody from 1978 is doing, so I don't get involved in that. Uh, But you're a friend of Facebook? They befriend you? Is that the way it works? They can. They send a friend request, and then you have to click on it. Yeah, I don't don't have my own personal – I've never done any of that stuff. Uh, But I looked, and they're there. So if that's to be the case, does that carry the most weight? Since, you know, I was told that's who it was, and then Singleton comes out yesterday and puts that statement out there because it stemmed from Morgan responding to the George Floyd deal and then somebody saying, ah, oh, wait a second here, don't don't you remember what you did in 2013? And, and that's what spawned everything to, to where we are today. So the fact that the Singletons apparently got, at some point, to some level, they got past it, Right. I think we can agree with that. He went to Utah, and then he comes out with this statement. You can look at it at Raylan underscore S, Texas made. So how much weight do you put into that? Now, there's others out there, and that's what's troubling. This thing here is it's troubling unto itself, obviously. But in this instance, you talk about the ex-players using your line of thinking. I'm yeah. not criticizing your line of thinking. I'm just elaborating on your line of thinking. The player specifically responds in a favorable manner, right? So does that carry more weight over some other folks who claim? I mean, they certainly, uh, Lacey's been out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I was told that uh, he had some issues in his life, uh, but Mo Lee was universally liked, and and Mo Lee has some stuff out there. And so what does that mean? I don't know what that means because I don't know 
what was said, what wasn't said, what was made up, what isn't made up. I don't know. I know the Singleton deal. And as far as I know, Sharif Shaw is the only coach who went to Twitter and put something out, right? He did, I saw that. I don't know what the other coaches yeah, I've looked out there. I've seen, I've seen what he did, yes. Right. So you can make the connection there. So it's obvious what the connection there is. One coaches safeties, one coaches cornerbacks, right? At the time, Morgan has since been the D coordinator, although I believe he still coaches the safeties. But you look at the positions on the football field, and you're going to have two position coaches. You're probably, with, with the exception, well, not the exception, but maybe the tight end coach and the offensive line coach because the tight ends have to block. Well, safeties and corners and nickels, you know, they, they just go hand in hand to an extent. So they're really close as human beings. And obviously, Shreve Shaw is an ex-player. He's an African-American man. Uh, you know, if that was intended for him, uh, what was, there, there must have been some comfortability there was it said earlier? Was it said from one to the other and then the other to the one, so the one felt comfortable saying that? I mean, I have, I, mean, I think all, most of us, I would think, have uh, friends of different races, and I would never say something along those lines, some type of slur, especially that one. And that word, I've been saying this for years, man. We need to get a national referendum. You know, that word, if, if it ends in A means just as bad if it ends in R. And you can't say it, but you can't say it. And you, you go to any practice, they say it all the time, You any large forms of music. Ron Artest was at a protest the other day, and I saw a picture of him, and he's holding a cardboard sign, and it has the word on there. And what? it's so confusing, man, especially to a white guy. He didn't know. So he's not supposed to say it, but he hears it all the time, but he's comfortable with his buddy, and his buddy is who happens to be African-American maybe is okay with it in that conversation. All sorts of confusion there. This doesn't excuse any of it, not in the least. But we need to, we need to get an explanation. Uh, just do not use the word, or, but you can use it over here, but if you look like this, you can't use it. I don't know. It's all so confusing. When I, when I grew up, and I think probably you too, you just knew. Don't do it, man. That's the biggest insult you could do. You don't do it. That is the worst word. It, I wouldn't even, it didn't barely even crossed the mind, man. It would be impossible to say. But yeah, here we are today, and it's a lot more prevalent among young people. You know, you talk to, I talked to, I was talking to my wife last night. She says she hears it all the time at school. It's, 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 it's all of it. It's just so unfortunate. Sharif Shah, because not all of you are on Twitter, and PK and I saw it, and probably many of you are on Twitter saw it, but I know not all of you are. Sharif Shah Sr., at you, Reef33, if you want to see it for yourself. But he said, he tweeted out, This has been an exceptionally difficult week. However, as noted in Mr. Harlan's statement, I am unable to comment because Coach Scali's issue is under review. I pray we all remain patient and withhold final judgment until all of the facts surface. Yeah, that's a powerful statement. Shreve Shaw is a pillar in this community. There, he's a former lawyer, right? Uh, that's yep. what he was doing. He did some broadcasting before. Uh, the more Sharif Shaws and the more Sharif Shaw family we have in our community, the better all of us are. And the same thing with Morgan Scalley. I've been saying this for years, man. 
And we, we, you know, you talked about how he played and then went into coaching. Well, I think we need to come clean. There was a year there where he did the show with us at the original 1280 Mm -hmm. right after us. So we saw him every day. We saw him every day. And he's a religious man. He's a religious man, obviously. And I can say this, uh, no joking whatsoever. Uh, Religious people, if you're Christian, who do you strive to be like? You strive to be like Jesus, right? And I can say I saw Scally million not millions but many times over reaching out to people reaching out to my own family when i had something going on the guy's as christ-like as anybody that i've ever met and that doesn't excuse anything i'm not excusing it not excusing it at all uh, it's, it's just a tough tough situation well, I think the players get a lot of say. Uh, I think we'd be naive if we didn't say that there was a football competitive angle to this. And uh, you've probably talked to people in the program or around the program or both. Uh, I have two, and we're probably not the only two media members. And one person uh, who really likes uh, Morgan a lot and wants to see him get through this but doesn't know if he can said, you know, it's a difficult thing because – if they do keep him, then recruiting is harder every day. You know, it's a, you make a comment like that, and, you know, is it okay or not? Does it depend on the person who's listening? But when you're recruiting, you're dealing with people you have no relationship with that you're starting from ground zero with. And, you know, how do you build trust there? And if they hear something and they don't know what to think and the player's really good and there's offers from lots of schools, do they just kind of go away to another school because it's just something you don't have to figure out and there isn't that issue there? You know, how much of a competitive disadvantage is? So we can sit here and say it's about the ex-players, and I'm the one who did it. Um, but then you got that whole recruiting and the competitive part of, you know, the sport and the job and how does that play out? So... I suppose that has to be figured into it, too. And maybe, you know, depending on what comes out of this investigation, maybe they decide that's not that big a hurdle and they'll try to clear it. But that got brought up to me yesterday, too. Uh, Sure. I mean, that's a legitimate issue. I can't deny that whatsoever. Uh, I do think it's overcomable. Uh, I don't know that because I don't know all the details. That's an investigation that I I assume is just barely started. And they're going to figure that out. So I, I have maybe probably 10% of the knowledge. Uh, but you know, go talk to Raylan Singleton then. And go talk to his family. Go talk to uh, Julian Blackman. And there's, been, there's a slew of others who have been out there who have supported Morgan t- to date. Uh, and these are African Americans, not just Caucasians. Uh, I, I don't think that you, you don't necessarily start from scratch. Uh, in that way uh, because he'll have relationships with coaches in the Houston area. And that's where Singleton's from. Eric Rowe, who's going to come up at, what, 9 o'clock? Uh, yeah. He is from the same area. Literally, I mean, they, I, from where Singleton went to high school and where Eric Rowe went to high school, I think it's like 25, 30 miles in the, in the Houston area. And Eric Rowe obviously has made it big time, playing profe- still playing professionally. I think he's with Miami now. He, was, he won a couple of Super Bowls teammate of Van Oys over there in uh, Boston and now moved down to Miami and he was there last year so see what what they have to say and weigh this evidence now if it comes in where it is is it an isolated incident is it prevalent is it out there is it ongoing you know what did the head coach know 
all these things need to be answered. Uh, I, assistants new. Assistants, the assistants, people on the staff, not just, I shouldn't say assistants, but people on the staff were aware of this. This is not brand new news to them. No. Who knew what? When did they know? Which is a lot of the times when you have investigations. When did, what did you know and when did you know it? And what was done at that time? Did Morgan act on his own and just, my guess is, apologize profusely to the family and it never got out anywhere? It seems hard to believe, but maybe that did happen. Maybe nobody else knew about it or maybe they thought, I mean, I don't think there's a big conspiracy here. I don't want to say that, that there have this this massive cover-up. It could have been a situation where, hey, coach, I did this. Uh, I, I'm going to take care of it. Uh, and then, okay, and then you talk to the player, you talk to his parents, blah, 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 and they say, okay, you know, we'll get past this. And then you think it's over. And then it comes out seven years later, it's not over. Uh, so I don't think that – I think you can have good intentions and believe that you did the right thing without trying to cover up. I mean, there's a lot of things that go on in a football program that never become public. I think that's what Morgan was saying to his essence of a few weeks back. I read a quote where, you know, the media doesn't know the story. They're not there at 530 in the morning on a Tuesday. And we're not. We're not there at 530. Nor should we be there at 530. We don't need to air. If I aired everything that I knew, my gosh, about all these programs all the time, that's all you'd be doing about. Because the people are people and they make mistakes. And things happen. Now, we try to stick to what's going on between the lines and the court and the field and those types of things because, you know, that's what it's about. And not these personality conflicts or whatever type of conflicts folks have within a given program. Because they're there in every program every year all the time, right? We can't be focusing on that stuff. Human beings are going to be just that. So that's part of the investigation. And if it becomes that it was widespread... Then you got a massive issue here, and, and probably it's going to be very serious with jobs lost. Hopefully, 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 a thousand times over, it doesn't come to that. Get more people weighing in. Hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. Uh, John says he already apologized. It was so long ago. Forgive and forget. We need a little more kindness in the world. And there are certainly players, African-American players, uh, who played at the U and that's the approach they've taken on social media with Morgan. Um, I don't know because I don't, I don't follow them all. Some get brought to my attention. Some I see. Some are retweeted by people I follow. Uh, but PK, I'm pretty close to a half dozen people who are out there. And there might be more than that because you know, social media is a big and sprawling complex. Good luck tracking everybody. Uh, so there is some of that uh, out there. Uh, there's been a lot of... A lot, maybe is overstating it. There's been some back and forth with uh, BYU fans and Ute fans. And uh, Donald Garlic posts, uh, have a nice chat with him and then reinstate him. I'm a BYU fan, but I know a good coach in person when I see one. Best wishes, Morgan. I know you regret the words. So not all the Cougar fans are out there uh, stirring the pot, cracking heads. Oh, I wouldn't think so. This is a serious issue. Uh, And it's a man of your faith, too. And your faith has been hit on this. Let's not ignore that. 
Scott. And plus, you had three. Co- hold on a second. Yeah. You got three coaches who are coaching at your on your staff right now who were there at the time. If I do my math correctly, I think you do your math correctly. Yak is bobbing his head up and down. He does the math correctly, right? Yeah, you have a head coach, a defensive coordinator, and a passing game coordinator who are all on Utah's staff during the same period. Yeah. Right. You have a lot of LDS folks who are on that staff. So, and I'm not saying any of them do that or were involved in that by any stretch. I'm just saying that, you know, obviously the LDS co- uh, church has it has received some criticism for that stuff over the years. Uh, justly, unjustly, that's up to you to decide. But the fact is they've received that, and that's what Morgan is. He's a representative of your faith. So I would think most BYU fans, they're not running around thinking, oh, sweet, man, this is going to screw up Utah's f- football program. I and mean, come on. No. <laughs> when you're dealing with people and lives and reputations and those types of things, you're not dealing with wins and losses here. Maybe I'm off base and I'm naive. Uh, but I wouldn't think you'd be involved in any of that stuff. Scott says, accept his apology, weigh the text against his body of work and his history. If it's an issue that comes up a lot, the answer is easy. He needs to go. If it's a one-off mistake, practice forgiveness and carry on. Uh, at the essence, uh, that last part, well, really the whole entire thing that you said, the one-off versus the prevalence of it, become, that's a major issue in my mind. And I don't know the answer. I'm not, I don't know that it is prevalent by any stretch, uh, nor do I know that it was just a one-off by any stretch. So I don't know. I don't know the answer. But I think I would like to think, maybe some other people would think differently, and I'm going to allow everybody because the idea now today is to listen. Heaven knows I need to listen more. Uh, I would think there's a difference there. Uh, I think there is, and I think that's what we see the players saying. Uh, the the players – I seen being publicly supportive are people who I would expect would not be publicly supportive if they thought that there was a history of that behavior and that it impacted how he interacted with people. Raylon Singleton, Julian Blackman, Marcus Williams, Devontae Henry, Nick Ford. Uh, that's five people who I've seen on social media this weekend. Five ex-players. Well, not well, Nick Ford's, a current, Nick Ford's player. current player. Right. You know, South Bay guy. You and I talked to him from the uh, from the Pedro area where you wrote. Um, exactly, yeah. Uh, now, I, I think they do tend to be more the recent guys. Um, the, the people who I've heard are not supportive, you know, and I, I think a lot of these people are going to get interviewed. You know, you're not, speso- you're not supportive specifically why and all that, I think are people who go back further in the program. You know, what does that mean? Is that, you know, has there been a change? And maybe the change is just that, you know, his responsibilities have grown and he interacts with more guys on a higher level and has a bigger impact as defensive coordinator. Maybe that's what it is. I think that's the kind of thing that needs to be investigated. Oh, for sure, yeah. And we're going to talk to one of those guys who goes back, Eric Klein. Eric Klein. Eric Rowe. His high school was Klein. That's where I got that. Uh, we're struggling with names today, aren't we? <laughs> Monday morning. Well, I, I, sure. got, I got his Wikipedia page up right now, so no, I'm looking at sense. it as we speak to make sure – I had the exact time frame of when Eric Rowe played at the University of Utah, and his first year in the NFL was 2015. So uh, I think he would have been there 
at the university from 2011 to 2014, which is just shocking to me that Eric Rowe is that long ago. It just seems like it was maybe two years ago that Eric Rowe, I was interviewing Eric Rowe, because <laughs> they, they put him in the two deep right away, and I can remember that first week interviewing him. He said, I had no idea what to expect. When I saw my name on a two deep. I'm thinking, my gosh, this is awesome. Because <laughs> he, he, did, he, he didn't know what to expect when he came in there. And he ended up being a four-year starter for, for them as he bounced back between safety and cornerback. But he was there 2011 and 2014. So that 2014 season, Singleton would have redshirted that year. I assume they know each other to a degree because uh, they're from the same area. As I said, it's less than 30 miles apart where they went from high school. So Eric Rowe can speak to that era when Morgan was just uh, coming up as an assistant as opposed to the recent years. What's he, he's been the D coordinator, what, for four or five years now? However long Kalani's so, going into his fourth year, right? Kalani's done three going into four? I think four Kalani's going, going into, into five. Fifth. Four going into five. five. Yeah. So that's what it is for uh, Morgan. Yeah. We're really good with time, too. Yeah. So uh, Eric Rowe goes back, and I'm interested to see what he has to say. And in the interest of full disclosure, we're not just looking to get guys who are supportive. Now, I don't know what Eric Rowe is going to say, but we're not looking to just get guys that are supportive of Morgan Scally. We're looking to get anybody who wants to talk to us. And I have to say that Jake Hatch has been working feverishly trying to get these guys. And he's had some communication with Ryan Lacey, and we'll see if Ryan Lacey comes through. And but not, we've been trying to get everybody. Not everybody wants to come on the air. That's a fact. We're, we're getting no. I've heard no. I've You've heard, heard no. more no's than I have probably. Yeah, but we've, had, yeah, we've, yeah. we've had some people say, what are the parameters? What are you guys looking for? And other people just outright say, yeah, I'm not interested. Okay, and that's their choice. I'm interested in what, just so people know, I'm interested in what their experience was. Because what Morgan said about us not being there at 530 in the morning is true. I mean, these days, we're not even at practices. You know, did you hear something at practice? Well, some stuff I've heard at practice because we used to go to practices. But over time, more and more practices have been closed. And practices can be closed for, you know, an hour and a half and then open for 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, Some practices in in the spring can be open completely. Uh, some practice in the fall, we they're closed. We are out of earshot, around a corner, sometimes inside a building, and we don't hear anything. So, you know, it's a mix. Uh, I'm interested in hearing people's personal experiences, what it is. And we've, we've heard multiple times we need to listen more. I think this is a great example of a perfect time to listen. We know we're not in the meeting rooms. You know, the, there's stuff said and stuff done, and we're not privy to it. Yes. Accurate. And in a, uh, in a community where everybody knows everybody and works with somebody or somebody's brother-in-law or whatever, you can spread that word because we don't have everybody's phone number, that's for sure. So if somebody wants to go on, uh, reach out to us, and uh, we'll get them on the air. All right, DJ and PK coming up. What were you watching? We will get to that. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, is going to be here at 8 o'clock. Stay with us. Too much time on my hands. 
with a little extra time on your hands. It's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night? With DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my hands. DJ PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. PK, what were you watching this weekend? Catch anything uh, interesting? Anything intriguing? Uh, last night, uh, NBA TV had a thing on uh, Allen Iverson. Yesterday was his... Uh, 45th birthday. Seems young. I thought he would have been older because he's been in the public eye for a long time now. And, you know, the practice, and we all are going to talk about practice, and, you know, his troubled background. And, and you look at it, well, right off the bat, man, he was, he was way, way behind a lot of folks. His mother was 15 years old when she gave birth to Allen Iverson. Uh, and he grew up in Hampton, Virginia, which that's a rough, rough area. You know, that, that's where you know, all these social issues that are out there, that's where we've got to get. Let's, let's, let's include that in some of our discussion so we can make lives better for everyone, of all people, all races. You know, 15-year-old girls should not be giving birth. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult to overcome. So if you're wondering, you know, about some of his deals, well, look what he's born into. But nevertheless, they, you know, they touched upon that, but a lot of it was on his playing ability. And he's a small dude. And he was so dynamic. One of my favorite players to watch in, in the NBA. Well, I think we, I've said this a lot. You, you root for the small guy. And he's, he, was he the best small guy under six feet? Well, they lie about height so often, and I know they tried to come clean on that the past year and list guys at the real height and that. And yeah. coaches, uh, I mean, going back decades, when I played one year, I'll never forget the varsity coach at my high school, and I was still, uh, uh, I was probably a sophomore. Um, and he said something. We have these joint practices in the spring. You, you got like 10 practices or something, and the JV and the varsity would be there. And he listed, uh, it's just, it's, I mean, looking back, it's just the dumbest thing. We're going to list everybody as two inches taller than they are. It's going to be imposing. It's going to be, eh, we'll be standing next to them on the court and they'll know. But anyway, you know, I'm not going to say that. I'm they four, read the program I'm, before they get out on, off the right? bus? I'm 14 or 15 years old. And literally the next year, we're going to list everybody as two inches shorter than they really are. I remember thinking, this is stupid. <laughs> Oh, so they underestimate you. You're right. catching my surprise. Yeah, like this is not I mean, all of this is blah 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 and then, you know, the game starts and somebody forces a turnover and scores first and I don't think anybody's worried about the height anymore. Whatever. No. So, uh, but the small guys, I mean, who are like a handful of elite small guys? Like is Isaiah Thomas small enough to be a small guy? It's Steve Nash. 
Yes, Alan, like six Allen three, Iverson, though. John Stockton. Right, I know. So what's a small guy? Where where are we drawing the line? And are we sure he's six three? Or if you stand next to him, is he you know six one? If he's got shoes on, but he's I've really stood six next feet. To Nash many times. Is he six three? Uh, he's certainly in the range. Yeah. I mean, he's not a very big guy in the in the NBA world by mm-hmm. any stretch. But uh, no, well, when I think sm- smaller guys in the NBA, those are the guys I think of. Now, if yeah, you're going to sure. say, "Hey, Stockton's a six footer, and Stockton, Isaiah, Nash have too much size to compare to Iverson," you got to go smaller. I mean, where are we going? We're going to uh, Spud Webb and Muggsy Bogues. I mean, that that seemed to be a thing for a while, and not now. Well, what's interesting is that he was the shortest number one pick, Allen Iverson. We went to Philly in uh, 96, number one. Coming out of Georgetown, played Weber State in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think he played two years for John Thompson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of ups and downs with Allen Iverson. Life played out in the public since he's 16, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Uh, And not all good, obviously. But as I say, man, the odds of him – being successful in anything. The day he was born, the day he was born, the odds of him being successful were overwhelming. And you're born in that situation. I mean, come on. Jeez. That's just so tough to overcome. And Did they go into what he's doing now at 45? Because he went and played overseas for a while after he was done in the NBA. I think he played in China, didn't he? Yeah, they had a, a thing of him in uh, the Chinese league. Uh, with the uniform, scoring some points there. Yeah, he bounced around a little bit at the end. Uh, came back to Philly, played 2009-2010, uh, 25 games. Always was a colorful co- quote for for better or worse. But in his prime, man, he was so dynamic. Talk to Matt Harpering about him. Because Matt Harpering played with him as a teammate in Philly. Loved the guy. Loved playing with him. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve Cleveland is coming up next. Eric Rowe at 9 o'clock.